0: Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I am your host, Curveball, and today I am joined by music producer, author, and activist, Steve Machette. Steve, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hey, I'm honored to be part of Curveball. So I guess you like baseball?
0: Actually, I got that name because when I used to rap, that was what my friend named me in the eighth grade, my best friend. And I do like baseball.
1: Cool. Who's your team?
0: I like the Atlanta Braves.
1: All right, you're from Louisiana and you don't like Kansas where you're living, but whatever. I get well, it.
0: The Kansas City Royals are okay, you know, but I grew up liking the Atlanta Braves, yeah. so
1: that's my
0: team. So let's get into talking about you. Why don't you just kind of give people a brief overview of your background, tell them where you're from, and anything else you want to let them know.
1: Well, it's hard for me to indulge because each day is a new day for me. And I've lived a life to just learn as much as I can about people and why people give up and why people don't believe in themselves. So I've spent my whole life basically learning who people are and why they live with such fear and why they don't believe in themselves. You know, I got educated, I became an accountant, I became a lawyer, members of three bars. I you know, took the test for New York and California I got waved into Tennessee when I was living there, going to Vanderbilt Law School in my second year as a public defender. And I love people. And we live in a country that doesn't love people. Our country loves property. So I got sick of the legal system and stopped. And I became the uh, advocate that I am for people and people's rights. I was born in Manhattan, grew up in a place called Roslyn, which is where Washington went during the Revolutionary War. To get his marching orders. And, you know, it's also a very mystic city, Roslyn, R O S S L Y N N. It means floating stone. And it's also where the Scottish Masons, which is part of our history, came to give us the Declaration of Independence, which it says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the mantra. That's the mantra of our nation. It's what everyone believes. But in 13 years, in 1789, we get a constitution and the constitution doesn't have one sentence, let alone paragraph of the declaration in it. And the constitution, which you pledge allegiance to, you know, and okay, we pledge allegiance to this. And in 1954, when we started killing everybody for the International Monetary Fund, we put in the words under God and No God tells you you could kill people, all right? But anyway, they changed our constitution to life, liberty, and the protection of property. My issue was whose property? My issue is if you want to go create music, let's go make music. Music could change the world. And now we have a music industry, which is called music business. But you can't have a music business unless you have music art. So segueing out of that, I I lived in those areas I just told you, but I've made music in over 100 countries. I produced movies. I ran for the United States Senate. And when they realized I could win, the media stopped covering me and they were really covering me. This is in 2016. And I'm thinking I may run again in 2022. I write books. I've relaunched my record label, the School of Sacred Knowledge Music, SSK Music. I've got a new artist coming out named Rocks Revolt and the Velvets. And I haven't had an artist like this since Peter Gabriel. I mean, she is, she's a crackerjack. She's a firejack. She's a rostrian. You know, she's fire. She's got energy. Her band is fantastic. And by next April and May, most people here will know it. And then, you know, I've got a couple of other things coming out, but that right now is my main one. And I recorded plants. For my new movie, I did a movie with the Russian KGB called Saving the Motherland. And so what I did is I put out two soundtracks, volume one, volume two. Volume one is Songs to Mother Earth. And what we did is we mic the plants and we had the plants watch the movie. And the movie and the plants make noise. But you're not allowed to know that. Plants communicate. And what they do is they share water. But you're not allowed to know that because we share nothing. They share and it's free. We sit here and we make everything that God's Mother Earth gave us because God didn't give us anything. Mother Earth gave us all this. And Mother Earth doesn't get anything and we charge you for the water. We charge you for the electricity. It's like, what is this? And it needs to stop. We keep you broke. We keep you in scarcity. We, who's we? The idiots that allow our government to do this and allow a banking industry to perpetuate this. I wrote a book called um, The History of Viruses. I will give this away to your listeners if they don't want to buy it. This is a must. And they could reach me at Machat at gmail.com. Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N-E-L-L-I-O-T-M-A-C-H-A-T at gmail.com book is the history of viruses and their effects on mankind then and now the metaphysical truths this is a must read we've been lied to this virus is 100 percent connected to the pollution that goes on in our world and it's in the air and it's all over our world and it will go away i promise you it will go away because all viruses go away they last for 18 to 24 months when they get filtered into the air around the world because the air will digest the virus and we unfortunately may be digesting it down here on earth but you know you just got to take care of yourself be smart and stop living in fear don't be stupid and um that's my new book you know so basically uh, i'm here ask me questions direct me
0: Absolutely. Um, l- let's talk about your music career. Tell us how, how you even got into music. And I heard an interesting story I saw in your bio that you you have a, had a good relationship with Aretha Franklin. So talk about all that.
1: My dad was a music lawyer. When he got out of World War II, he took the GI Bill and studied law and graduated as a lawyer. And because you know, he wasn't a wasp, right? White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. And yes, there is white Anglo-Saxon Protestant racism in our our country from day one. If you read our constitution, not the declaration where all men are created equal. Our constitution says on page one, that if you're black, you equal 60% of a white in terms to figure out, you can't vote, this is what they put in there. You can't vote, no, 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 no. You can't vote, but you're 60% of a white so they could figure out the population of each state so they could figure out how many congressmen gets voted in from each state. It also says that women can't vote. They don't teach you that before this constitution, women were able to vote in different states. And they tell you if you don't own property, you can't vote. And it's like, what is this? So anyway, my dad practiced law and dad had unbelievable amount of r and clients to begin with. And I say r because once upon a time there was rhythm and blues and these are the songs you know to these days. So you asked about Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin, I met, I don't think I was seven years old. My dad was playing cards with a man named Clyde Otis, who brought over this new singer, I guess it's 1959, named Aretha Franklin. And you know, I I don't know what I am. I'm endearing, people talk to me and I've always liked talking to people. So I'm sitting and watching and she actually taught me how to play poker. It was interesting. She showed me what they were doing.
0: Absolutely. So uh, let's talk about some of the artists that you have been involved in and the things that you've personally done to help these artists launch their careers and the interactions you had with them.
1: I mean, that's my book, God's Gangsters in Honor. And seriously, there's over a thousand records I've done in over a hundred nations. But let me just go backwards. So before I got out of law school, my dad used to take me with him to talk to all the artists. I grew up knowing Sam Cooke, like my uncle. I grew up knowing James Brown, like my wild elder. I mean, this guy was crazy. And, and they, he would take me, like he one day he came to our house and he took me down the street to the uh, retail, the, the one shop stop. And he had maybe 50,000 singles in the back of his car. We're in a place called Rockerville Center. And he's giving away his singles for, I think, 25 cents a copy, which was whatever you want to call it, but that's how they used to make the music work. I grew up in this business, like few have. And then, you know, my dad had the Rolling Stones, he had the Kinks, he had the Who, because dad went to England with the r and artists, starting with the Platters, and England loves r and And so they started mimicking the R&B, and they knew Marty... So they started calling my father and my dad did all their legal contracts. And then dad got into management and he managed the line at I mean, I grew up with Four Seasons. They were my friends. You know, they were my family. They were my uncles and their wives were my aunts. I knew these people really, really well. And, you know, like with Clyde Otis, who produced Clyde McFatter, he produced The Drifters. He produced Aretha Franklin. I used to go to football games with him before he had children. I mean, I sa- I knew Sam Huff. You know, I knew the New York Giants. I grew up being a Giant fan. And, um, and I still am. I think they'll make the playoffs. They may hit eight and eight. Maybe they won't. But um, I just, I grew up in this and, you know, I went to law school and I just said, my dad didn't want me to do anything but work with him because I can talk and I I get into the heads of artists, like few people can. I hear your thoughts. I know what you're thinking. And I could see the images as you try to bring them down. And I have a book called Sacred Knowledge, A Rock and Roller's Guide to Higher Consciousness. And it's on Spotify and uh, Apple and all the, um, whatever you call them, streaming devices. You know, if you wanna buy my book, I'm honored if you want to, and you should hear what I teach you. I teach you how these people create. The word genius means in touch with spirit. Spirit is outside your mind. Your mind is a matrix. It limits you. And my whole goal is to teach you how to override your mind and get into your whole self, to get into your higher consciousness and allow your higher consciousness to give you your dream. And you need to be smart enough to put together a team to make your dream come true. That's why I asked you about sports. You can't win baseball unless you have a team. You know, Sammy Sosa never won a pennant. And many years ago, when uh, George Bush was running for president, I was the entertainment coordinator. For him, he's sitting there telling me how, how stupid he was running baseball team, the Texas Rangers, because, you know, he traded Sammy Sosa. This is in 1999. And I looked at him, I said, I got a better way for you to look at it. He goes, what's the better way for me to look at it? I said, you traded Sosa in 95. What happened in 96? He goes, well, we won the pennant. They won the division, actually. I said, in 98 last year? He says, we won the division. I said, and this year? We won the division. I said, Sammy? And he looks at me. I said, if I may, governor, he was governor then you need to tell people you got rid of Mr. Big Shot and you put together a team and that team had a dream and you helped that dream become reality. And then I met a man named Carl Rove who did not want me near George W. Bush because my goal was the Democrats were breaking people up by segregating you into different groups. Oh, you're an African-American. No, I'm not, and I'm an American. No, you're an African-American. No, I'm not. I'm as American as you are, why are you telling me I'm a second category? And when I ran for Senate, I kept telling people what I'm telling you. How could you tell, you don't have gay rights, you have human rights. Why would you let our country divide you? You have human rights. If this is what you want to do, go do it. You know, and, it's, and my new book is called Taking Jesus Off the Cross, and it'll be out before Christmas. I teach you historically that Jesus, the man and the energy he represents of love, which I believe in, is not the Christ that you worship. And it's the cleverest manipulation in this matrix that they flip Jesus's love to Christ's control. It's amazing. We think God tells us we could kill people. We think God tells us that we can't put together a community to support each other and to help each other. So the team, the team of mankind can win. We think it's okay to poison the water. We think it's okay to give you fracking. To do what? To do what? To poison you more? And you know, and it's I, I and I'm an entrepreneur. I love making money. So after I got out of law school, I, I made the biggest record deal ever. The band was called the Electric Light Orchestra. And I did it using my father. And my father did it using me, you know? Dad was my God, I was his gangster. And I ended up getting into a lawsuit with Morris Levy. No one had the balls to serve, sue Morris Levy, I did. I didn't give a shit. And I created a legend as the freedom fighter. And I ended up with Genesis, Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel. We had Leonard Cohen, dad and I, we had Phil Spector, Leonard Cohen. We had, um, you know, I created a record label, production company called AMI Moonwalk and I had a slew of records. We had Soft Cell, Tainted Love. We had New Edition. I did their albums. I did Bobby Brown. We, you know, Bell Biv DeVoe came out of me. I had Colonel Abrams, if you remember that. I had Ready for the World. I had the system. And then, you know, it's I had a I had a ton of records. I ended up putting out Astro Jazz records. I had techno records. I had a man named Ademski, and then my band was Seal. I had the brand new Heavies, if you remember them. I had a ton of stuff, you know, and I put out a record called Kaya, lick my neck, my back, Uh, a ton of music. I ended up with my son and we had our own record label. My son passed away. By the way, I had Ozzy Osbourne. I did Ozzy Osbourne. Sharon was working there, which he did, and my partner was Don Arden. And Sharon took Ozzy and married him. Those stories are in my books, "Gods and Gangsters." And with my son, I had a record label called Hippos and Tanks, and we were breaking unsigned artists. And we signed a band called Young Lean, which was named after this animal that was taking lean, and it ended up killing my son. So I ran for the go- uh, Senate, and um, you know I waited, and now I've got this new artist called Rocks. Who I said to you earlier, Rocks Revolt and the Velvets. It's the best thing I put out in years. It's pure Mick Jagger rock and roll when the Rolling Stones were nothing but rock and roll. They'll be sitting up in Louisiana and even in Kansas City when they reopen your bars. This is this is really hunky. She's got soul in her. It's really, really, really good. Anyway, I talked too well, much. I- Ask me. I-
0: I'd like to have her on the show uh, just to kind of hear how she got started. What I want to cool. ask you.
1: I mean, she's priceless. She she got in, led into the United States because of the show in Venezuela. She sat here, put together a band. I'll put you on her show. Just let us know when. You'll love her. And, and Debbie, my lady, is the one that found her. You know, she's like the star of Southwest Florida. And I'm telling you straight up, I'll break this artist because she's got the goods and she wants it because I can only do what I can if I don't have a team around me. And I put together a team and later on, go to my new website, the school of sacred knowledge because I'm teaching metaphysical truths. I'm done with your vocation. I'm here before I leave planet Earth to teach you how you could ascend and become all you want to be and not let these animals who devour your creations stop you from believing in yourself. Again, a genius is someone that learned how to speak with spirit, which is your higher self. I will teach people how to do it. And it's in my book that I said earlier, and I'm sorry I'm repeating this because I have so much information to give to people and I want to give it. You know, and if you pay me, great. If you don't, here, take it. Run with it.
0: Absolutely. Now, you also mentioned in your bio that you you also work with Snoop Dogg. Uh, tell us about what that was like. Uh, did you know him personally? or?
1: Yeah, I go back. You're right. You know, I left that all out. I had the Wu-Tang Clan. I had, I'm had. i telling you, I have so much. That's why direct me. I had the Wu-Tang Clan. I worked with them. I worked with Bone Thugs-In-Harmony. I had Busy Bone. And Snoop, Daz and Corrupt and Snoop, you know, and Snoop's were very clever men. And so what Snoop does is he hires himself out to the higher bidder. So, yeah. And it's funny, I represented Suge Knight. I put his music up on the web, on the internet. And then when I realized what he was doing, I ended up suing Suge Knight for Daz. I, I couldn't believe what he was doing. I really thought this man was going to let me put him in a position where he could become a hero to the entire L.A. community. And he just, he didn't want it, you know? You could only take a horse to the water, and the horse has to drink the water, not you or me. Well, you and I could drink you, it all day. Why and did the you horse end up suing him, him?
0: What What was the lawsuit over?
1: He was stealing money. He wasn't paying anyone. And people were scared. And I'm like, that. you know, and it dealt with dads, and you know we got the paid. We got the paid.
0: Gotcha. Did you uh, ever deal with Tupac because uh Tupac was around when when yes. um, Snoop. What Snoop was I had that an like
1: album. I had an album with an artist named Nate Dog. Remember Nate Dog?
0: Yes, rest in peace Nate Dog. I definitely remember Nate Dog.
1: <laughs> Nate Dog was signed to m- I had a record label with these Chinese people. Right? And um, we put out the music independently and Nate Dogg went into, a, he went into Navarre Records that was our distributor. And he went in with guns to show them who's boss. And we had that double album with Tupac on it. And um, it was pretty sick because he was playing games with them, but these were WASP up in Minnesota that had distribution connections. And uh, it was crazy. They gave me back the record after we sold, it was a double album, after we sold it a little bit over half a million.
0: Well, let's. Uh, is there anything else about the music industry that you would like to talk about? Tell us about uh, the record label that you've got started and that website, the School of Sacred Knowledge.
1: Well, we, we've got four records right now. We're looking for new artists and I'm gonna break this because the music world needs a record label based on art, not on what songs can we put into movies or what songs can we get advertisers to use? So your song becomes a vehicle to get someone to buy something they don't need. You're writing songs because you love. You're writing songs because you want to communicate with people. You're writing songs because you have something to say that may make someone's day just that much better. So, you know, we've got to I did a movie with the Russian government, which will be out after COVID. It's called Saving the Motherland. So I put out two soundtracks. One volume one is plants. The plants sing to each other. That's how they communicate in the dirt. But we're not able to hear their noise. Insects communicate with each other. The birds talk to each other, but you're not allowed to go there because, oh, that person's crazy. No, you're crazy not to think that everyone doesn't communicate. Say, so anyway, wait, my guy, Steve Scully, Mike the Plants, and uh, I produced the soundtrack. Check it out. It's on Spotify, it's on iTunes. It's called Saving the Motherland Steve Scully and the Plant Orchestra. Volume two is I teach the truth of World War II that it was the Vatican and the Catholic Church versus. The Eastern Orthodox Church, and the Vatican wanted their Third Reich back, and they had a moron named Hitler that they played to go attack everyone. And you know, it's we're not taught all these truths, but in Volume Two, I have music. It's called "Songs to Songs to Father God," because I separate the two. Our consciousness is from Father God. Our physical bodies are from Mother Earth. And we better learn that Mother Earth rules us. And that's what I have in my book, The History of Viruses. Your body has a warranty of 120 years. But your body will start decomposing when you're eating food that Mother Earth didn't make. Your body will start decomposing when you're breathing in the air that Mother Earth didn't want in the air. Our bodies were made from Mother Earth. Father God has nothing to do with it. And if you look at all the people who are religious, where's Father God during this COVID crisis? Father God's just shaking his head or his energy saying, I told them to honor their mother. They didn't. That's your mother, Mother Earth. Honor Mother Earth and Father God, simple. That's simple. So anyway, I've got these songs, it's the Catholic chants against the Eastern Orthodox chants. Look it up, so, Songs to Father God, I promise you, you will flip out in a very good way. And then, so, and also I have a new artist coming out in California, which I'll let you know about later. But those are my four first albums out. And then I'm gonna go around the world and just do what I've always done. I've put out records in over a hundred countries. I put out, well, we all have there, but I have artists from over 70 that I've worked with and I've had hits in all these countries. And that wasn't for the money. I did it for the art. And after the hit, like I left Genesis, I wasn't fired. You know, it's, I got, okay, I learned my lesson with you guys. I saw your audience and they're looking at me like, what are you doing? I said, when I see you in 30 years you're gonna have the same stories for me. I'll have new stories for you. So I went all around the world discovering things.
0: So what was it like making a movie with the Russian government? And how do you arrange that? Do you just call up Vladimir Putin and say, hey, President Putin, I'd like to make a movie with you guys. And he says, all right, come come to Russia next Saturday. How, I mean, how, how does something like that work? And talk about your m- movie career as well.
1: Well, my movie career began with um, a movie in 1978. And it's with Joan Collins. It's called The Stud. And so they asked me to put together a soundtrack and it was for England only. And I'm like, well, you have no money. What do you want me to do? We don't care what you do. Just get us disco songs. It was about a club in England called Tramps. So what I did is I went to Billboard and I got them 12 out of the top 15 dance songs on the charts, one through 15. I had 12 of them. The album sold a few million copies in England. And uh, then they asked me, you know, the movie did really well. We're going to release it around the rest of the world. I couldn't get the same songs. And they're yelling at me. And I said, I told you I only got it for England. But I've been part of a lot of movies, you know. I got involved with Midnight Express, Chariots of the Gods. You know, I, I sat there consulting as a music man with David Putnam. I got involved, you know, Miami Vice, Phil Collins. I put that song in there. I'll tell you the truth, I didn't want to. I tell you that truth in my book, but we put it in there, and I'm the guy that introduced Miami Vice to a, a clothing designer named Versace, because Versace was a friend of mine, and we opened his first shop in America, in New York City, but he was a friend of mine, and then I learned that the clothing business is his cutthroat as the music business. I'd rather do music, and you know, it's, um, anyway, I got a guy from the Russian army. I got his wife a record deal in 2011. So they knew me. And when they knew me, they had this movie and they had these people saying, we know him, a film producer out there in Los Angeles or Miami. Find him, fix this movie. So what I did is I came in to um, basically, they filmed the movie. They spent millions of dollars on it. There's 3,500 people in the movie and they spent millions of dollars on it and they didn't have a story and it needed to be edited. The most important person in your movie is the editor. It's very, very important. All right, where should I go?
0: Tell us how you got into... Okay,
1: so I got this movie, the Russian movie, and it took me... uh, I shopped it all over... in LA, no one was really interested, but the movie fascinated me. It was the best shot movie I've seen. They spent about thirty-five million dollars making it, and then they raised another million dollars. And instead of putting the money into finish the movie, and there's thirty-five plus, thirty-five hundred plus soldiers and weapons, and it's it's an outrageous movie. So anyway, um, what I did was real simple. I uh, just spent my time, I found, I did it independently, like I do everything. We cut the movie, and I made a story out of it. And it's on volume one and volume two. And it's a movie, what I did is, I needed women to watch a war movie. So I show you the horrors of war. And I show you the horrors of war, what we do to Mother Earth. And then we believe Father God wants us to kill the other side, killing you for me and and you killing me f- for you. And and you believe God says this is okay. If that's God, that's oh God. I want nothing to do with it. Stop killing. And all the people that get the boys and girls to go kill, their children aren't in there. That's not what we're here to do. You know, and this has been going on ever since mankind came out of wherever we were from. And I give you that answer in the book called the colonization of earth and the making of mankind. I have 10 books out and each one's more interesting than the other. And my whole goal is to give you everything I've learned, walking this planet, researching everything, questioning everybody, trying to figure out who you are, what you are and why do you believe the things you do?
0: Speaking of your books, why don't you give us a brief overview of each book so people know what to expect when they read your books?
1: Well, there's God's gangsters in honor, right? That's about my life and music and movies. And I give you stories and I tell the truth. And I'm the bad guy in the book. I tell you what went wrong because everyone tells you what went right. Well, what went wrong? Why did Soft Cell never make another record? Why did the new edition break up? I tell it to you, you know, why did Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel leave Genesis and how did Phil Collins stay in there? You know, it's, I tell you the story of Caio. I give you the stories of Snoop, Daz, up. You know, and then they give you a few overseas stories like Rita Lee. I had the number one Brazilian artist for a while. I tell you, Ozzy Osbourne, how I, with a team, I was the bagman man for Ozzy Osbourne. I had a, every problem he had, I had to fix. That's in that book. The Colonization of Earth and the Making of Mankind. It's my favorite book. It took me 50 plus years to, to basically write. So here it's, it's on the back cover. The riddles to our Earth's existence have been hidden in plain view. Religion separate us from seeing and believing eternal truths. Government where the few rule over us for physical gain, divorce us from unity with the creator of all. May this series of rock operas unite us with the eternal naked truth. We are one with the creator of everything and more. We are all the creator's children. It's called, it's a rock opera. It's the Book of Earth, Opus One. What I did is I wrote it as a pure rock opera because I'm giving you names. I'm telling you how how earthlings began. I'm telling you who came to earth. I'm telling you why people love gold. Why do you love gold? You can't sleep with it. You can't eat it. You can't sleep with it. I mean, what is this? It serves no purpose, but it did. And I give you those answers. Why we go searching for gold. Our planet was colonized searching for gold. You know, and then I have the history of viruses, which I told you. And I say, this book shares with you the naked truths of pandemics and epidemics, including our current COVID-19. I illuminate the shadows this pandemic as well as earlier epidemics and pandemics have cast in our worldwide civilizations. With fear and pent-up emotions, we blame everyone but ourselves. But in all darkness, a light does appear. We must look to see the light, and yes, there is light. The only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. The unexamined life is not worth living. There is only one good, knowledge, and one evil, ignorance. So that's the history of viruses. Then I wrote spiritual insomnia. It's a game plan for 21st century government, putting you, your family and the community in charge of your happiness and prosperity. It comes from the higher power, the eye in the sky. And it's important you hear this. Truth does not give us boundaries. Truth does not give us wow thoughts. Truth does not make us better than others. Truth does not make us prisoners of our own thoughts and resulting prejudices. Learning and living the universal metaphysical truths will give you back your life. May this book help you on your path to freedom and eternal love. So there's four books for you. Then I have The Creation of Oz. I tell you how Ozzy began. And I tell you about the Druid ceremonies that he came out of you know, where they would massacre people. And I tell you the true meaning of the Druids. And right now I'm finishing up opus two, taking Jesus off the cross. I tell you the true story of the crucifixion hidden right in plain view. And Jesus never said he was God and he is not Christ. Jesus is a messenger who came to our planet teaching us to live with God with love in our heart, not love sitting and having someone else tell us what God wants us to do. You know the truth, you know the truth. We all need teachers, we all need elders. And if that's my role here, let's do it. But if you believe that you have to work at McDonald's instead of working at your community to stay alive, I mean, the United States in 500 years is going to be looked at and say, look what these animals did. They polluted the world. You know, we're not going to be remembered for our art. There's other countries that have great art. We're not alone. England runs all over us. Mexico has great stuff. I had a Mexican record label, too. And, uh, I mean, those are my naked truths. And I wrote a book called The Highways of Man where I rewrote the history of mankind from 500 BC to 2012. I give you all the answers no one will give you. And I just keep putting them out.
0: Absolutely, is there anything else that uh, we haven't talked about that you would like to touch on?
1: No, you go there, What, what would you like to touch on?
0: Well, what I'd like to do is uh, get you to throw out the contact information, give out any website, social media, so people can connect with
1: you. I would love it. The contact is the sc- theschoolofsacredknowledge.com. Everything's on that site. Theschoolofsacredknowledge.com. My books are there, the music's there, my discography, everything's there for you.
0: So, if you guys want to connect with Stephen Mechet, the school of Knowledge.com. Stephen, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: No, I'm honored. Let me ask you a question.
0: All right, go ahead.
1: What excited you the most? What would you want to know?
0: What excited me was the, the music industry part of it, knowing that You've worked with all these people, and and I've heard these people over the years do songs, and I never thought I would be talking to somebody who worked with these guys.
1: Well, let me tell you the truth; they're no different than you. And if you had the right team, who knows, you could have happened too. It's an accident of of life that people happen. You know, it's. Each and every one of us, if we believe in ourselves, has the ability to be anything that we were made to be. We can't be everything because we weren't made to do it all. As much as I love sports, I just wasn't able to be the number one basketball player. I could still shoot. When I had Ready for the World, I was their ringer. We had a basketball team that went around. It was fun because here comes the middle. I was 36, 34, 35, 36. And I'd come on the floor and a I could pop a basket in a minute, you know, but I, I just couldn't go left. You know, in baseball, I just, I couldn't really hit a ball. I could pitch. I could catch. That wasn't my trait. My trait was to gain wisdom and to help each and every one of you believe in yourselves. And stop thinking your success is money because you sell your soul for the money. Believe in yourself. Create that diamond that attracts people, that crystal. And you'll put together a team and everything you dream will happen. You know, when you're on the radio show, what's your um, what kind of music do you play?
0: I do a Motown show, I do a gospel show, and I do an R&B show as well. Matter of fact, I've got to do a show tonight here at 9 p.m. Central.
1: Gotcha. I mean, I worked with the Shy You want a great story? Eugene yeah. Record, Okay, Eugene Reckitt, I met him. Now, when I was in college, his two songs, Old Girl and Have I Seen Her, forget how many girls liked those songs. It was beautiful. So I met this guy. He's telling me he's broke. He was never paid records. He was telling me that they stole his publishing and he couldn't pay me. And my friend was his manager and his record deal at Warner Brothers went sour. So what I did was I stood up for him. I went after the the publishing company, got him back half his copyrights. And then I went after Brunswick Records that wasn't paying him royalties. And I'll make you laugh. So I go to Brunswick, like the new kid, the new sheriff block. So I go into Brunswick and I sit down at a meeting and I'm looking and I'm like, no. And they go to me, what do you mean? No. I said, what the fuck are all the pearl doing here? looks at me, I go, what are you doing here? And he says to me, I just became president of Brunswick Records. You remember Earl the Pearl? Did you know about him? I'm older than you.
0: I don't think I've heard of. He was one of the
1: greatest guards in basketball's history. And he won the world championship with the Knicks in 1973. They had him and Walt Fraser. But I'm, I'm sitting there looking at a guy that I admired as a ball player telling me that he's not paying Eugene record. And I said, look, I don't want to sue you guys. I honor you, but you better pay him something or I will sue you. And we got into a fight and I got Eugene record royalties from backdated from those songs. And I hope he died very young and I hope his family's still collecting it. And they said to me, we don't know how you could pay you. And I said to him, don't. I said, I did that for love. You know, it's and I really, really did. RB, here's more music for you. My dad handled gamble and huff forever. I worked with gamble and huff. You know, we had Philadelphia International Records. That's what that was. I know R&B as well as anybody you'll meet. And I love RB. When it's really, deafened. really cool.
0: Definitely sounds like you have a vast knowledge, and I sure appreciate you coming on, sharing this knowledge, and I'm sure the listeners will like it as well.
1: I hope so. And if I could help you, let me know. If your listeners have questions, direct them to you or tell them, just contact me at info at the school of Absolutely.
0: And also listeners, while you're doing that, make sure you rate and review the show.